Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Wednesday, June the 2nd, 2021. We're reading from the big book in the chapter, How It Works. Today we're on page 61, the second paragraph, Our Actor is Self-Centered and Egocentric. Our readers today, the 12 Steps, Kim T, 12 Traditions, Lindsay W, and readers of the text, Lisa H, Nancy C, and Susan H. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, June the 1st, the 7 a.m. meeting, 17051, and the 10 a.m. meeting, one zero, sorry, 17052. OA Preamble. Always Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Kim T to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Kim T in Northern Michigan, um, compulsive overeater, exercise bulimic. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being for the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. 
Thank you, Kim T. And Lindsay W. will read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Lindsay. Good morning. This is Lindsay W., compulsive overeater in Houston, Texas. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks. Pat. Thank you, Lindsay W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter, How It Works. On page 61, the second paragraph, our actor is self-centered, egocentric. So, Lisa H., could you read for us, please? Good morning, Lynn. Thank you. This is Lisa H., gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. Our actor is self-centered, egocentric, as people like to call it nowadays. He's like the retired businessman who lolls in the Florida sunshine in the winter, complaining of the sad state of the nation. The minister who sighs over the sins of the 20th century, politicians and reformers who are, all sure, who are sure all would be utopia 
if the rest of the world would only behave. The outlaw safecracker who thinks society has wronged him and the alcoholic who has lost all and is locked up. Whatever our protestations, are not most of us concerned with ourselves, our resentments, or our self-pity? Um, good morning, my fellows. Again, this is Lisa H. <clears throat> recovered in Memphis, Tennessee. And, um, you know, there are several words that stick out to me. You know, of course, the first one is, is ego, you know, and, and ego, you know, I mean, I think the definition I just, you know, wrote down this sense of self. Um, and for me in my family and my culture that I grew up in, you know, this sense of ego. And I think, of course, we all need this sense of ego as we're growing up, but this idea that, that I can, that I should, um, that I will, um, you know, and then also this, this other, you know, this other egocentric part of me that also said, you know, you should, why don't you, um, you know, you could. Um, and I, I think that for me, it just reinforced um, reinforced my isolation. It reinforced um, my aloneness, um, thinking that I could do, you know, that I could do whatever it was I could do, I wanted to do or needed to do. And, you know, for me, it was to lose 50 pounds. Um, I lived in this place where, um, where also, you know, it was everyone else's fault. It was your fault. It was my parents' fault. It was my husband's fault. Um, you know, and when I was in the food, I couldn't see past this. I couldn't see, I couldn't see my part, right? Because I was, um, I was covering it all up. I was stuffing it all down um, with this, with food. Um, I, I, re- I think, you know, I remember living in self-pity and isolation and I couldn't find a way out. Um, I lived in this place where, you know, I was comparing my insides to everybody else's outsides, um, if that makes sense. You know, I thought, if I can just make the outside look good, you know, you wouldn't be able to tell how awful and sad and lonely my insides were. Um, and really until I came to this meeting over six years ago and I realized, you know, this is just a healthy OA meeting, but, um, but what I heard here was a solution. What I heard here was that I have an allergy of a body and, an, and, and a mental obsession um, and I heard about the 12 steps and um, I had a guide who um, in whom the problem had been solved and um, helped me to understand, helped me to, um, to understand what it meant to surrender, what it meant to what really what, what it meant to be self-centered and selfish and resentful um, because I had covered all that up with the food um, And now, you know, after going through this process, you know, so today, um, you know, the beauty of this is um, that I can surrender every day, that I can surrender my food, that I can surrender my family, that I can surrender my thoughts and my actions um, on a daily basis, right? Because I I wake up every day a, a compulsive overeater, and I will always be a compulsive overeater, and I need these 12 steps. And I think the other, of course, what I need also is I need you all. I need this group. I need to be able to identify in um, rather than identifying out thinking I can do this all myself. Um, And so now today, you know, I have having, having surrendered my food, having um, 
surrendered my will and my life on a daily basis. I have come into this consciousness of God um, and truly this God that lives within me, right? But I was still, I had, I had all of that covered up with the food. Time for- um, and, oh, and I'll just wrap up with, you know, today my desire is to be so full of God um, that no other desire can compete with that. And I can be useful to God and useful to others. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa H. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Monday or Tuesday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Janet B. Jen Dan Susan H. Amen. Okay, let me tell you who I did here. Janet, Jen A, Susan H, and On M. Is there anyone else? Bonnie Jen B. F. Sarah L. Thank you. We've got our lineup now. Okay, we've got Janet, Jen A, Susan H, on M, somebody B. Who is it B? As in Bob, Bonnie I B. Think. Bonnie, Bonnie B. Okay. And then was it Jen S and Dara L? So, Janet, please start us off and could you give us the initial of your last name? Hi, good morning. This is Janet B., Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic in New Jersey. A lot of good stuff here, but I guess this morning my eye just gravitated toward the outlaw safecracker who thinks society has wronged him. And in a way, that was me. I wasn't a safecracker or an outlaw, but I thought everyone had wronged me, especially my family. If I had only been raised differently, then things would be okay. And I remember for years in OA, always um, when I was binging, it was always like, I ate compulsively because dot, dot, dot. And there was always a because. Someone had wronged me. Something hadn't gone my way. And I just think of this like great line on back on page 544 where the guy says, I am the result of the way I reacted to what happened to me. And I think of um, Jim in chapter three, who was getting his life together, who was had a job, his family was back together, and everything seemed to be going great, and he went out and got drunk. And then I think of Bill Wilson in the chapter of Vision for You, where he was out of town, alone, discredited, almost broke, and he started Alcoholics Anonymous. So I think, what was the difference? And the difference was just at this point, Bill had surrendered his life to God and was looking to be of use. And when I do that, when I look to be totally surrendered to God and to be of use to others, then it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. It doesn't matter what my kids are doing, what my husband's doing, what my boss is doing. I am able to be abstinent and useful to others and hopefully useful to God. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janet B. 
Jen A., it's your turn, followed by Susan H. Good morning, Jen. Hey, good morning, Lynn. Thanks so much for your continued awesome service. My name is Jen A. I'm in Littleton, Colorado, recovered by God's grace and mercy today. Thank you. Oh, Lord. How good you are to me, because I am a girl. Pages 60 to 63 is a girl like me. That's how I remember where the pages are that I need to go on a daily basis. Um, When I first read this, um, my sponsor didn't let me stop reading it. (laughs) He says, sounds like you need to read this every day. And I read it for months and months and months until it became ingrained. Self-centered, only about myself only caring about my needs. Don't you know me? I'm Jen Marie. Like, watch out. Here I come. Do as I say. You know, and I led my life like that. I still can lead my life like that. I am not perfect. I am not cured from the self-centeredness disease that lies inside of me. This is part of the spiritual malady in myself. Um, An egocentric. Um, I'm definitely a self-centered person um, and sometimes have no regards for others. In fact, I had absolutely no awareness of others or the things that were going on around me before I was actually in this program of Overeaters Anonymous. Um, you know, and, and I like chaos. I like control. I get a charge out of it. It electrifies me. It gives me something, right? Um, it, it kind of like the food, you know, so if I'm not eating, let me run you over and let me run you down. Um, and sometimes like we've even, it's even talked about here, let me be really nice. And, and just sugarcoat everything. Um, but what this program has taught me is, um, is that, uh, you know, it, it's, it's eating my soul. And, um, you know, I have to get rid of this soul sickness. And I'm not even capable of it. You know, I need a power greater than myself that's going to restore me to sanity. That was step two. So I've come to believe, you know. And step three, it's like, okay, I'm turning my will and my life all my thoughts and all my actions over to God on a daily basis. That means everything. That means every little aversion, every little preference that I have, every little thing that I think is to go to God on a daily basis. Otherwise, I am back in self. The superego is rebuilding, and I am in trouble because then I'm back to reading pages 60 to 63, right? That's what my sponsor would have me do. Read them again, Jennifer. Read them out loud. Read them in I form. Do it again. Um, and I just think that this is, this is, this is the root of it, right? Um, the selfish and self-centeredness leads to fear every single time, and, and that's what we're going to get to um, in the next couple of pages. But wow, wow is this like me. And I'm so thankful that my sponsor had me in this place for a really long time. And, and I will say today that I am still pages 60 to 63. I'm not, I'm not perfect, um, but I will say that life is different today. I have an awareness of how I treat others. Um, I'm no longer as self-centered and selfish um, and self-righteous and self-justifying as I used to be. I'm more God-centered, other-centered, other-focused, God-focused. And when I am that way and when I'm looking at life that way, I don't have a chance to look at me. Because I'm not in the way, I'm getting out of my way to get in, to, to, to be of service for others. And that's a beautiful place to be today. Um, and I don't ever want to give that up. Thanks, Lynn. Have a good Thank you, Jen A. Susan H., it's your turn, followed by Ann M. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Lynn. Thanks for your service. This is Susan H. in Ohio. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater today. 
And this paragraph describes me, me and what my life was. It's what we were like and how we tell our story. So much of my life was focused on resentments and self-pity and how the world, my family, my place of employment should behave. And it would have been utopia if they would just listen. Well, the fact is, I must pause in those thoughts, and they surface now and then, and ask. Ask my higher power and aim at fitting myself to what is. I try not to imagine that I have the power of myself to straighten out the world. Lack of power is my dilemma, after all. I can choose to be happy today, and I do, and uh, choose to ask my higher power into every part of my day, especially the parts that become fearful. And uh, that's the kind of day I'm I'm aiming at today with God's help. And uh, I'm grateful that I don't spend all my time in that chewing on what other people could do better because they never did listen. (laughs) And even had they, I don't think my power could have solved much. So glad to be relying on a power that is always there for me. And grateful for a chance to share. I pass. Thank you, Susan H. On M, it's your turn, followed by Bonnie B. Welcome, On. Hi, Lynn. Thanks so much for your service. This is On M here, recovered from Brazier in Ireland. Can I be heard okay, Lynn? Yes, thank you. Lovely. Thank you, Lynn. Uh, yeah, this whole paragraph, gosh, it's all, you know, it's just reeks self-will, you know, self-will all gone, gone astray. And, uh, yeah, self-will versus God's will. And uh, this keeps me blocked. You know, it's, it looks like it's my friend, but really it's not. It's blocking me off my higher powers, keeping me in my ego. And, uh, yeah, it separates me from God and separate and leaves me, you know, in disharmony and, and really in that spiritual malady. When I'm not connected to God, I'm, I'm in that spiritual malady. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just not connected, which means, I'm not coming from a good place. Uh, yeah, God and the rest of the world, I'm totally separated. And I'm just, you know, in full flight. And that is not a good place for an addict, especially not for somebody who needs God for everything. Uh, yeah, I love the part as well. And it really brings me to that place, you know, that piece in page 88. You know, it's where we're undisciplined and we need God to discipline us. And that's why I need a program. You know, I need a way out. I need to be shown how to do this. I know that God is the answer, but I don't know how to get to God. But the steps are the, are the step up to God. You know, and God's in charge, really. God's in charge of my life now, not me, because I can't do it. Uh, yeah, and it just really brings me back to that, you know, life on life turns and uh, live and let live. But I can't live like that. I can't live on life turns. You know, I just find it... My life is totally unmanageable by me because I want to run the whole thing. And, you know, it just brings me to the, you know, the acceptance piece on page 417. You know, acceptance is the answer. And, uh, you know, it's re- very clear in the serenity prayer as well about accepting, you know, serenity to, or, yeah, being serene and accepting the things I can change. And that part where, you know, I'm the actor trying to run the whole show 
And then, you know, on page 417, it really shows me acceptance is the answer and it's the antidote to, you know, self-will. And it is the part where, you know, I'll see the good and I'll see the bad and everybody, I'll be the chief critic. And that doesn't help me. That just blocks me off and separates me even more. And I'm just looking for perfection. And I can't, I can't live up to it. But I can't, I can't, I point it out to everybody else. And it just leaves me in disharmony. And, you know, my primary purpose today is to be helpful and useful and to live a full life and a happy, joyous and free. But I need God for all of that. So with that, I pass. And thank you again, Lynn, for your service. Thank you. On Bonnie B, it's your turn, followed by Jen S. Good morning, Bonnie. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you so much for your service. Gratefully recovered for today. Um, Colin from the state of Minnesota. Um, so this paragraph sums up me also. I mean, without program redirecting my thoughts every single day, all roads lead back to me. Everything leads back to me. Um, there's no God in anything because it all leads back to me. When I look at the different examples given, you've got the, you've got the businessman in Florida who is complaining. Um, that's about focus. You've got the minister who's sighing over everything. That's an overwhelmed, again, focus on the bad stuff. You've got the politician who believes that um, if everything just went right, the world would be perfect. That's delusional because there's not going to be a world like that at this point. Um, and you've got um, the person, the safecracker, the outlaw, who thinks that society has wronged him. Again, that's focus. Um, it doesn't matter what I focus my flashlight on. This is how I look at this disease. I have two choices. I can either see the cup as half full or half empty. And um, this program helps me to see it as half full every single day. Life happens. It happens to all of us. That's why I have the 10th step, and I'm so grateful for the 10th step. Um, but the disease wants me to shine my flashlight on everything that's not what God would want me to focus on. You know, most of my um, thoughts go back to page 77, and it's that one sentence toward the top that says, our real purpose is to fit ourselves, be a maximum service to God and others. I can't do that when I'm thinking about myself. I can't do that when I'm focusing on what's in front of me if I don't think it's perfect. Um, but with program and with the gift of the 10th step, I'm able to see my part very quickly and go right straight to um, what God would have me to be. And that's always going to be looking, um, looking up to him, trusting him, and then um, being of maximum service to others. So this paragraph describes me to a T also, and I'm just so grateful that um, I have the privilege of being able to look at myself clearly because I couldn't for many years. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Bonnie B. Jen S., it's your turn, followed by Dara L. Good morning, Jen. Hi, this is Jen, Recovered Compulsive Reader. Thank you so much, Lynn, for your service. Uh, my kids have since woken up, so I'll see how, how far I can get through. Um, this is such a great reading. I, yeah, myself, my resentments, and my self-pity. Those are my difficulties, right? Like we're going to be, we're building up to asking God to please relieve us of the bondage of self and take away my difficulties. I thought my difficulties were like that my husband opens the bag of carrots from the middle and not the edge. Like he doesn't know how to do it appropriately or that my parents didn't do me right or that something else didn't happen the way I wanted. But what, I learned from the build up to, you know, these steps, these pages is that 
I am my difficulty, like myself, my resentments, my self-pity, my thinking is what has gotten me to this point in life. And I just thought, you know, like, so they're turning up the heat in these um, paragraphs and letting us know it's not just a food plan you need, um, sweetie. <laughs> it's, it's a selfishness plan. Like you've got a selfishness problem. You have a thinking problem. I have a thinking problem. I can't metabolize reality correctly. So I look at any situation and I think what's missing here is a little more me. Like what we need here is just a little bit of my opinion. One second, honey. Um, so, yeah, this is a, okay, that's great. Honey. Hold on one second. Okay, so I'll wrap up. Just egocentric. I see the crystal. Egocentric is my problem. And I'm going to go let uh, my kid show me my crystal. Thanks so much. Thank you, Jen S. Dara L., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Dara. Oh, great. Thank you so much, and thank you for your service. I'm Dara L., a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. So, um, you know, what I really appreciate in this paragraph is that it gives me examples of someone who everything in their life, you know, seems to be right, right? Like the retired businessman, he's just hanging out in the Florida sun and still he's miserable, you know, and then on the other end of that extreme, the the alcoholic who's lost everything, you know, has nothing, um, or the outlaw safecracker who thinks society has wronged him, and, and everything in between, and, and what I love about that is that I have I have experienced that as a compulsive overeater, as an anorexic, as a bulimic. I have lost everything, you know, gone bankrupt, been institutionalized 16 times, you know, been briefly arrested, you know, as a result of this disease. And, and, you know, and I've also had the other end of the extreme where everything outside of me was exactly what I wanted it to be. And still I was miserable and, you know, and, and everything in between. I've experienced everything in between. And so this paragraph tells me that really, you know, my real problem has nothing to do with the external conditions in my life. It has to do with the way that I feel, you know, on the inside. And and really, you know, the only external solution that has ever, other than God, um, that has ever eased, you know, that, that restlessness inside of me is food, you know, like that's the only thing other than God that's ever worked. And so in this program, I get to, I get to swap out a higher power where all there was was consequences and misery, you know, and put in its place a higher power that is love and kindness and allows me to live up to my own values. And, you know, today I'm, I'm just as self-centered, you know, as I was in the active disease. That has not changed. But today I know something that I didn't know when I was active in my anorexia, bulimia, and compulsive overeating. Then I thought the answer to my inner state existed outside of myself. Like I had to just fix my external conditions. If I just did more, if I, I don't know, like if I changed my body, if I did something, then I would be happy. And today, you know, I know that spiritual axiom that if I'm disturbed about something outside of myself, it's because there's something wrong with me. And so, you know, I'm equally self-centered, but today I just get to go inward and somehow no matter the state of my external conditions, there is a, a feeling of rest, of ease, of rest, you know, in the loving arms of, of God. And I believe today that God is everything. So, you know, it's, 
I, I don't know how that works, but I know that um, it's brilliant and it seems counterintuitive, um, but that, you know, today I am freer than, than I've ever been before. And I'm still searching that same for that same thing, which is a feeling of ease and comfort. Um, and anyways, I'll pass and thanks so much for letting me share. Thank you, Dara L. So just a reminder for those of us who may have come on the line a little bit later, we are continuing our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter, How It Works, on page 61. The second paragraph, our actor is self-centered, egocentric. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared on Monday or Tuesday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please, say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Shanna C. Sophia J. Linda D. Jennifer C. Michael M. Esther K. Sorry, who was the last person? Somebody K, I think. Esther. Esther. Okay, great. We have our lineup. Thank you, everybody. We have Shanna C., Sophia J., Linda D., Jen C., Michael M. and Esther K. Good morning, Shanna. Good morning. Uh, sorry, I was. Oh, there you are. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Oh, what a wonderful meeting. And um, this is Shanna C. Grateful, recovered, compulsive eater from East Tennessee. Um, and uh, one thing that this paragraph reminds me of is my powerlessness over my tendency to get into self-centeredness and self-reliance and how prior to becoming um, desperate and willing to go to any lengths to become a recovered person and, and put down the food and do all the things that it, that is required, I couldn't see how selfish and self-centered I was. That was absolutely unable because I was living my life such by what I thought were my, my, my pure motives, you know, and good intentions. Um, do I want to eat myself into oblivion? No, that's never been my intention. Do I want to gain all this weight? No. Now, that's just a symbol. Do I want to be uh, grumpy and bite the heads off of, you know, do I want to harm people? No, that has never truly, if, you, if I'm really honest with this, I've never wanted to be that way. Didn't want to be selfish. And if told I was selfish, I was appalled. <clears throat> Because that wasn't my intention. And so I was living life by my intentions instead of by what was actually happening. Why? Because my brain had been hijacked, uh, thinking that I had to live life completely self-sufficient, that um, God was up there and I'm down here and i got to figure it out, because that he expected me to be that way. And so prone to self-reliance and figuring it out, I kept digging myself bigger and bigger holes, more and more frustration, problems piled up on me, became astonishingly difficult to solve. That's, that's me and my human nature, especially as a selfish, self-centered to the extreme compulsive overeater. So what it, this program has done um, in the loving way that it does, in the way these steps are outlined in this big book, 
um, I get to be willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself, be willing to believe that um, by taking the action of the rest of these steps, that I'm turning my will and life over to the, to the care of a uh, higher power. And then being willing through that inventory process of looking through and seeing exactly where the selfishness has taken root and how it manifests in my own behavior and how it's affected others in my life. And I get to do that objectively without beating myself up. Um, yeah, it's painful to look at, but I don't have to add to it with some morbid reflection. But I can't do that without God's help. So I'm praying all the time, God, just get me through these steps. You know, that's at the beginning. And now in 10, 11, and 12, like someone else had said earlier, I'm, I'm more readily able to see when these things crop up, when the selfishness comes in, able to see it for what it is. Oh, that's just my head messing with me. Thank you, God. Uh, please direct my thinking. Who can I help? How can I direct my attention to what you have me be? It becomes more automatic. The 10-step promises start to come alive, 10, 11, and 12. So um, anyway, I hope that helps somebody today. I know you guys are certainly helping me. Grateful to be on here. Grateful to be abstinent, free from this horrible disease today. And I get to do this every day, a day at a time. And uh, y'all have a wonderful, wonderful hump day, Wednesday. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Shanna C. Sophia J., it's your turn, followed by Linda D. Good morning, Sophia. Good morning. It's Sophia uh, from Maryville, Indiana. I recover compulsive reader for today. Thank you all for the shares. Uh, Thank you for showing up and saving my life. Uh, this uh, paragraph, oh my God, that is one of my biggest uh, character defects is selfishness. Uh, you know, uh, me, 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 you know, all about me. And I went through life thinking that if everybody did what I told them to do, <laughs> they would be okay and I would be okay. I wouldn't eat if they would just listen to me because I had this God complex. You know, I was right. You know, and, and 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 I would get angry if they wouldn't do what I told them to do. If my kids didn't do exactly what I told them to do, you know, I would get so angry. If my mother, if my dad, if everybody didn't do what I told them to do, I would get angry. And I thought I was the most free-hearted person in the world. I was just beautiful. I mean, I was just nice, you know. And why are these people acting like this, you know? And won't do what I tell them to do. And and meanwhile, I'm I'm blowing up to nearly uh, I'm blowing up to 400 pounds, you know, because they wouldn't do what I told them to do, and I could lose weight if they did what I told them to do. So, you know, the insanity of that today, you know, when I'm going through the steps and I, you know, think about it, you know, that is so insane, you know, for me to get angry because people don't do what I want them to do, and people, you know, everybody has free choice free will to live their life the way they want to live it. And I just imagine if my higher power was like that, you know, you know, people didn't do what God told them to do. I mean, then he would just destroy the world immediately. You know, it's just, it's just so insane to me today, you know, and that's through living through these steps. And I'm grateful to have a program today to turn all of this stuff over today. I'm not God. I'm not perfect today. And I thank God that, you know, I have a program, you know, and I'll never be perfect, and I'm okay with that. But I have a program, you know, I could turn all of these things over to my higher power, and all I have to do is just trust. And that's amazing. All I have to do is just sit back and trust because I'm not running the show. You know, I can't, I don't have God powers, you know. I just, I don't. And and I'm okay with that today. And and, and most importantly is that I'm not replacing uh I'm not replacing 
you know, food. I'm not using food as my God today. You know, it's not ruling me. I'm letting my higher power do his job because I, I, I can't do his job. And so thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Thank you, Sophia J. Linda D., it's your turn, followed by Jen C. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. in Connecticut, and I'm so relieved and thrilled to be um, recovered today. It's an enormous gift, and it brings with it an enormous responsibility, which I am able to carry because of the grace of God, which is amazing to me, um, The and I'll tell you why. Um, what jumps out at me is the line about the alcoholic who has lost all and been locked up. That's happened to me. I have lost all and been locked up, and I don't care to go back there. So when I came to this program a while back, uh, and I was much younger then, and of course I was much smarter then, no, not at all, I was a smart ass. Um, the thing is, I didn't know any of this stuff. I didn't even know God was real. I was an atheist. And you people say, God, 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 all the time. And I did not want to hear it. But I had to belong somewhere because I was dying. So I gave it lip service. That didn't work. We all know it doesn't. So whatever you call uh, this force, start with a, if you don't know like I didn't, start talking to the air. Um, and, and, you know, being cynical and or with a question mark is a good one. But it will work out. It all works out. And that is incredible to me. It's incredible to me that I'm not crazy. I'm not locked up. I am free. I have a life second to none. And there are parts of it that really suck, just like yours. This is the earth, and I'm learning how to be a human how to be a human, and how to love, because that's what God is. And I didn't even know it was real, or he or she, let alone that it was love. Oh, well, I know how to love. I do not know how to love. This is a program that teaches me to plug into love and to learn how to love, which is to let people be, let them be where they're at, pray for them, and trust. That's a big deal. And I have to walk through a lot of poo-poo, and learn through God, through people, and directly from within how to walk through some of these things that I'm mortally afraid of. Most of them are ridiculous. Some of them are real. But I can do it, and I am so grateful, and I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Jen C., it's your turn, followed by Michael M. Welcome, Jen. Good morning. This is Jennifer C. Recovered in Greenville. Thank you, everyone, for your shares. Um, <clears throat> this program um, has truly done a beautiful job teaching me um, that only, 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 only an act of providence um, can save me. And first, you know, save me from completely destroying myself with food, um, total annihilation of all my hopes, all my dreams. Um, my self-esteem, my relationships, my mental health, my physical health, like this disease had me by the throat and wanted me dead, 
I mean, that's just what it comes down to. And God, through these steps, pulled me out of the quicksand of this disease and gave me my life back and gave me a new life. Um, I didn't even get my old life back. I got a better life than I've ever dreamed of. Um, But every single day, this disease still wants to annihilate me. It still wants all my hopes, all my dreams, my self-esteem, my mental health. It still wants all of that. And so if it can't have me through that first compulsive bite, it'll use my own character defects against me. Um, And that's just the reality of this disease. The solution, though, is still an act of providence, right? Like, I can't change my self-centeredness any more than I could uh, relieve myself of, of, of this food addiction, this, this ferocious beast. Um, and so God gives me the wisdom today and the awareness to practice the opposite actions, right? Like, as long as I know that my first inclination is self-centeredness, and as long as I can, can begin to see it, that awareness, then I can um, offer it up and ask God to show me what the opposite thoughts are and the opposite actions are um, because I lived based on my, my initial feelings for so many years that I have to be willing to offer those up and say, okay, God, you know, what's, what's your will in this? Um, so, <clears throat> you know, God gives me the old God changing me is his job, right? He's got the ultimate job of changing me, but because of these steps, I can do my part. And what's my part today is to take every single step with all my heart, every single step with all of my heart, and I can live happy, joyous, and free today. Thanks for letting me share. Everyone have a beautiful day. Thank you, Jennifer C. Michael M., it's your turn, followed by Esther K., Good morning, Michael. Michael, press star one to unmute, please. I'm sorry. Good morning and thank you for your service. Uh, I'm Michael M. from New York. I'm very grateful. I thought I had pressed it. I, I'm very grateful that I have been, uh, that I found this program and that I found Vision because my life continues to enhance and I'm on a level that I, I forgot was actually possible. And I, I used to cringe when, when someone would say God because of my issues as a child. Uh, but now each day I not only pray and meditate and do service, not just for the program, but for the people in my life and the people in my neighborhood. And it, it, it's, it's such a beautiful feeling to be less of me and, and to do more of what I continue to learn uh, in the big book and in special editions. And I just comprehend the big book so very differently. And I'm very grateful that, you know, Bill Wilson said higher power because in the beginning I didn't want to hear anything about the word. I didn't want to hear the word God. And today that's completely changed. And I'm ever grateful one day at a time to be, I can't believe that I am in, I'm on maintenance and haven't been there in a lot of years uh, at this weight. So thank you so much for for your service. And uh, I pass. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, Michael M. Esther K., it's your turn. Welcome, Esther. Hi, thank you so much. Um, 
Uh, what caught my my attention in this paragraph was the first uh, first of all on Esther K. Sorry, um, compulsive reader from Chicago. Anyway, what caught my attention in this paragraph is um, the first um, the first um, example of this businessman enjoying his life and yet telling everybody how it should be. And I was thinking about myself, how I think I'm so smart. I can tell everybody how they can fix their lives, how they can be better, um, what they should do, um, to the extent that I even tell God, you know, if you'd make these, this, this nation like this, or these people like that, to the politician, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the politician, that they should do this, and, and uh, the nation in, in America should think that, and I'm so smart how to fix everybody's problems, and, and this self-will only leads me to more um, problems in my relationships, to, um, to moving away from a God-led life, and um, moves me more into my um, compulsive eating or whatever addiction that I have because obviously it's not being done the way I know it should be done. Obviously, everybody's doing what they feel is right for them. And even the close people to me, like my children, who I love dearly, and I always know exactly what they should do in order to get out of their hard spot or whatever. And I'm learning more and more how my ideas of how they should get better is self-will run riot. I'm not God, and I just need to be supportive maybe, encouraging, but I cannot tell everybody around me how to lead their life. I don't even know how to lead my own life, and that's why I was a compulsive eater. So uh, I'm still really... Um, so, uh, yeah, so thank you very much, everybody, for your beautiful shares, and I, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Esther Kay. We have time for two more shares. Who would like that time, please? Anybody like to share? Press star one to unmute. There's time for two more shares. Toby W. Jill W. Toby W. Got it. Thank you. We have Toby W. and Jill W. Please go ahead, Toby. Thank you. Thank you. As I'm listening to everybody, my name is Toby W. Recovered in the Boston area um, by the grace of God. Because I'm listening to everybody, I'm chuckling to myself because I identified all the way I was a great manipulator and how I did things. And I have eight grandchildren, ranging in age from 13 to 30, 32, I think, or 33. And they are wonderful human beings, even though my children did everything wrong. I was so sure as I watched my daughters and my sons bringing up their children, that they were doing it wrong. And yet, God was in charge, and these children are adults, some of them, 
and um, it's just beautiful. And to know that I'm not in charge. I mean, if I had really been able to control what my daughters and sons were doing, who knows what my children, would, grandchildren would have turned out to be. But meanwhile, I just wanted to share that, and I pass. Thank you, Toby W. Jill W., it's your turn. Good morning, Jill. Hi, everybody. My name is Jill W. I'm in Southern California. I'm a newcomer, so I can't really say that I'm recovered yet. Um, I think the procedure here is for me to give out phone numbers. I have a lot of questions, and uh, I'm guessing that it's not appropriate to ask them here. No, and you give out your phone number in the newcomers when you're greeted after the portion of this meeting, Jill. Okay, thank you. I'll do that. Pass. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to Team Wednesday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, June the 2nd, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 17061. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Nancy C. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Wow, what a great meeting today. This is Nancy C., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.